Garden Podcast. This is Malachi, it's your host. All right, so today is really going to be about a touchy subject for a lot of veterans, for a lot of first responders, for a lot of people, okay? Today's episode is about faith and how to integrate it into your healing journey. So here's the deal. If you are 100% completely just opposed to anything that is religious, faith-based, or anything like that, this is probably the episode you're going to skip. But however, understand that I... I acknowledge the fact that, yeah, we have a lot of atheists. We have a lot of agnostics out there that don't believe in anything. They don't believe that there's a higher power. They don't believe that there's anything to believe in. And that's fine. It's great. I understand. It's okay. I'm not going to judge you for that. And it's cool. But understand, I do know that there are times in your lives, even as an atheist and as an agnostic, that there are times in your lives where you're sitting there, you're doing something, and you have a spiritual connection to another human being or to a moment in time, right? And that's because you're you're connecting yourself to something that's bigger than who you are. And I get it. I understand that that's what it is, right? So understand that I respect that. I'm okay with it. But again, this episode is purely about faith. I also want to make sure that you all understand that there are times where you may hear... Those two, those two clicks right there. I wear six memorial bracelets, and every once in a while, when I'm doing a, a, a thought, having a thought process, or I'm in a moment where I really fully believe that I'm doing something that honors them, um, I end up just clicking my bracelets together, and it's just it's me recognizing them. So it's what that that's what that is. So let's talk a little bit about faith. And for me, I am a Messianic Jew. So I am a Christian that follows a Hebraic or more Jewish route to my faith. So I try to observe the feasts. I'm not the best at it. Um, I fail at it pretty miserably, pretty regularly. But I also know that as part of my faith that, you know, the intent and the, the, the intent and the drive to honor my faith and to honor the higher power that I believe in for me, that's God or Yahweh is there. And so I know that he's going to take that into account. He's going to take that into just the way that he looks at things. But one of the things that a lot of people don't do, and it's, it's, I'm a huge fan of a, there's a TV show out there that was called Firefly. It was only one season long. It was made by Joss Whedon. Uh, he had a character in it that was played by Ron Glass that was called Shepherd Book. Shepherd Book, not to give anything away, but his character ends up getting killed later at the end. And, and the final statement that he makes as he's dying is he grabs the lead characters by the face and he's like, I don't care what you believe, believe it. And that's where I am, okay? So if you're, you know, you're a warfighter, you're a veteran, you're a first responder, you're a Gold Star family member, you're someone who's been through trauma and you have a faith system, whether it's Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Islamic, whatever it is. Okay, whatever your faith-based system is, if you're not using that system of faith to make yourself a better person, to reach out and find your uh, your grasp on a healing journey, you're not using it right. God, higher power, gave us a connection to a religious feeling, right? He gave us this opportunity with the Bible, with you know the Torah. He gave us this connection. He reached out to us and gave us something. And we're not using it to better ourselves, to make ourselves, you know, closer to him, to closer to our faith, to closer to our religious being. We're wrong. And again, that's my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. It's cool. I'm not mad at you. You don't have to be mad at me. You just don't have to believe the same thing I believe. 
So there are some things I'm going to bring up, you know, that, that come from the Christian Bible. Whenever I do an autograph on one of my books at the very end of the autograph, right after I sign it, I always end it with Philippians 4.11. I just write Phil 4.11, which is a verse out of the New Testament of the, of the Christian Bible. And it says, not that I speak out of respect of want, for I have learned in all circumstances to be content. Not that I speak out of respect of want. So not that I speak out of need, because I have learned that no matter what I'm going through, to be content. And that's a hard pill to swallow. It really, really, really truly is a hard pill to swallow because no matter what I'm going through, I need to learn and I have learned, not that I agree with it every time, but I learned to be content, that I'm at peace, that I'm okay with it. No matter how bad it sucks, no matter how hard it is. I have a lot of vets and first responders and people that I work with that while we're working together, you know, they start out with, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't try to convert people. I don't try to make people Christians. And, and I know that there's, you know, in, in the Christian Bible, there's the, the great commission of going out and, you know, baptizing and, and, and spreading the word of, of Christ to, to everybody. And, and, and I do, I, I try to do it through my actions though. I don't try to do it through my mouth as much because sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble. So I try to do it with the way that I treat people physically. And I've learned that especially in these communities in the veterans communities and the first responder communities, they don't care what you're saying. No one does. They don't really give a crap about the words that I'm talking right now. It's what am I actually doing with it? What kind of proof am I showing? Which, you know, that's the fruits of the spirit as a Christian. Okay. Again, I'm speaking from my perspective. So you need to, you need to look at what, whatever your religious belief is or whatever your structure of faith system or values are. And you need to look at that. So I look at it like literally am I presenting the fact like people, when people look at me and they watch what I'm doing, can they tell that I'm a believer? Can they tell that I'm a Christian? Can they tell that I'm a Messianic Jewish? Can they tell that I believe in a higher power and that I'm trying to live that, you know, because that's really what I try to do. I try to act that out physically, not with my mouth, because again, my mouth will get me in trouble seven ways Sunday. You know, it's just the way it is, just is what it is. And so again, I, I think that if we don't, if we're not focusing on the intent of our faith with with any faith system, the intent of having that faith system is, is to make you a better person and to be a better person for your higher power, right? Because here's the deal. As a Christian, as a Jew, as, you know, whatever faith system, I don't honestly, like I, I, I took my undergraduate at a Christian university that hates to be called a Christian university because they want to accept everybody. We had uh, Islamic students, we had Christian students, we had, you know, transgender LGBT students. And the school was very proud of their inclusivity. And they tried to show their love to everybody through their actions, not through the word, which I think that it needs to be intertwined. I think it needs to be both. But again, that's my belief. Um, and again, I'm not trying to, and I know this is where some people get confused. I'm not trying to force you to believe what I believe, but I can only speak to you from what I personally know. I can only speak to you from what I've been through. And so what I'd like to do I mean, again, I'd like for everybody to believe the same thing I do. That way it's a lot easier to understand and it's a lot easier to present what I've got. You know, in the Army, you know, I spent 17 years in the Army. And, and one of our things was that, you know, the chaplain corps really had to cover down for every faith-based system. I don't think that there was a, you know, and there was the argument that, oh, well, that's just a universalist, you know, coexisting, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, you know... It's almost impossible because there's so many different religious belief systems that you need a spiritual leader who can just 
cover all of them. Like I, the one that I actually really ended up attaching to like the most was uh, was a rabbi. It was a Jewish chaplain, but he was one of the very first Orthodox Jewish people that I've ever met that when I say, when I told them that I was Messianic, like just didn't shun me or turn me off because that's usually what happens. Like, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm Messianic. And they're like, oh, never mind. I don't want to talk to you. You know, and it, it, it is what it is. I'm not, I mean, I don't, again, I'm not judging them. I don't hate them for it. It's just, but that's usually what happens. And so I connected with him real well. I got to learn a lot more about the, the Jewish root and the Hebraic root of where my faith as a Christian came from, which really is what kind of steered me toward more of that messianic. The amalgam that comes from it, though, is weird because it, it, it's, it's crazy in a way that, again, if you're not using it, if you're not allowing your faith or your beliefs to help you shed off all the negative and the bull crap if you're not looking at the healing aspect that comes from it because i mean they've done the math i mean they've done the searches and here let me pull the study up so people that have more of a integrated faith in their lifestyle are more likely to take less risk you know do less risky behaviors they're less likely to do things that are more stressful. They're more likely to be in a community of people that are going to be emotionally more stable, that are going to work with them and help them in their situations. You know, in Relevant Magazine, there was an article that was written by Bob Mall. This is back in 2014. You know, if a faith-based system encourages people not to drink, not to smoke, not to chew tobacco, don't go and do things with people that you shouldn't do. Like, you know, it, it, it's... It, it from a fundamentalist kind of standpoint, um, a faith community may encourage you not to, you know, may encourage you to eat organically. So you're going to eat healthier foods. You're going to eat things that have less, you know, pesticides and chemicals and things in it. You're going to partake in risky behaviors less often. People that have a faith-based system are going to intention if they're exercising. And that's the big key. Again, it's about intent. It's about exercising it. So if we're not exercising that faith-based system within our life, right? If we're just saying, I'm a Christian, but then we don't do anything with it. Or I'm a Jew and we don't do anything with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Muslim and I don't do anything with it. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a Scientologist and I don't do anything with it. Right. Which I don't, you know, I'm a Mormon and I don't do anything with it. Then, then you're not that, that's not who you are. It's not part of your, it's really truly not a part of your identity. You're just using it as a way to connect with a specific group of people, even though you're not having anything to do with it. So I'm a big fan again of, if I'm going to say that that's part of who I am, then I'm going to do something with that. I'm going to make it a part of who I actually am. You may not see me out in public reading a Bible. You may not see me on the street corners preaching. But again, I'm trying to show what I believe through the way that I present myself to the world and the way that I present myself to my communities. You know, my veteran communities, the first responder communities, the Gold Star family communities. Um, and I'm really looking at a way where I can integrate it, right? And so for me, I took... I really took, when I got back to my rack the first time uh, in 2008, I sat down and I realized that I was listening to this music that was talking about, you know, going out and having sex and drinking and, and getting high and doing all this stuff like that. And I was listening to all these hard rock bands and metal bands that, you know, had all this negativity in it and all the, you know, the lyrics just were not something that was were building me. You know, they weren't. They were encouraging me to take part in high risk lifestyles. I realized that I needed to distance myself from that. And so when I got back to my rack, I took all of my music. And I wrote down a list of my favorite bands. And I'm not going to list them here because you all pick on me. I don't care about your opinion about my music, so it doesn't matter. I went to the, we were in, we were stationed at Fort Stewart, Georgia. And then we went to the Family Christian Bookstore in Savannah at the Savannah Mall. And I went down to one of the, the guys that was working there. And I was like, so I listened to these bands. I, I listed out the bands that I listened to. 
and I called my cousin who's a pastor and I was just like, man, I'm trying to get some more uplifting and, and some positive things in my life. And I don't know what to do or what kind of music to listen to. And, and the one he really kicked out was, you know, Hey, skillet skillet's a really good one. And so I went and bought a skillet CD. I went and bought a CD by red. I went decipher down pillar, you know, and just all, all a lot of the Ember, a lot of these Christian rock, hard rock bands and Christian R&B and hip hop. Cause I mean, I listened to a little bit of everything. And so I sat back and I, you know, I started listening and realizing that, hey, this is actually pretty good music. I like it. And so I removed everything out of my library, but for a time, and I integrated nothing but music from musicians that were of a similar faith base of me, but that had made a focus of using their faith in their music. So Christian musicians, even though I don't believe that music in itself can be Christian because there's no intent of the music, the music is made by man and that the people performing it are Christian and their intent with it is to express their faith or their beliefs with others. And so there's what makes it more of a well, now it's a little more Christian. It's not actually the music itself is Christian. The music isn't Jewish. The music isn't Islamic. The music is the music. It's the intent of the person that gives it the drive of what it is. So anyway, you know, so these are all just like, you know, just options, you know, bands that I listened to that, you know, I was able to replace kind of the, um, what was it like, you know, like, you know, Metallica's and the, not, well, not Metallica's, but yeah, the Metallica's, like the Creed's and the, the Nickelback's and you know, the shine down and, and just smile empty soul and stuff like that. So I mean, that was all the music I was listening to and hinder and things like that. And so you had all these bands that I was listening to that just, you know, like I said, so a lot of, a lot of times their, their music was about, you know, having sex, about getting drunk, about doing drugs, about, you know, fighting in the streets and all kinds of stuff like that. And I didn't need that because that was just giving me all this negativity. And so I really found a way to kind of integrate my faith by taking music that was focused on my faith and integrating that in and removing that out. But then I found that that wasn't fully enough. And so I kind of, and you know, being a musician, I started to write with more of a faith influence, which helped. Um, I, I spent more time getting to know my faith and getting more connected in the root of my faith and just spending time in, in the Bible and spending time with other people that were of a like mind, uh, a like faith system spending time with them, spending time with men who were married, who were believers, and just surrounding myself with it and making a, a intentional part of my day-to-day -day life. Where again, I think that this is the big thing that we, that we lack is that it's the intentionality of it. It's about the sitting down and just spending the time to know more about it, to make it a bigger part of what we are and who we are, but utilizing it with intent to make myself better. I mean, because, you know, look, here's the deal. Like, if I'm not sitting around getting hammered because my faith system tells me not to be a drunkard, that's actually going to benefit me. It's not going to hurt me. It's not hurting me. It's not taking anything away from me. doesn't mean I can't have a drink. doesn't mean I can't have a beer or a glass of wine or or, or sip on a glass of, of whiskey. What it means is don't make that a part of your identity. You know what I mean? Don't be a drunkard. Don't be an alcoholic. All right, we're going to take a break really quick to pay some bills. We'll be right back after this. Hey everybody, this is Malachias with The Warrior's Garden and today I want to talk to you about Scars and Stripes Coffee. Look, this is an opportunity for veterans to get back in the driver's seat with their finances and get back in the driver's seat with their opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than who they are. Scars and Stripes Coffee supports our nation's heroes and it supports them in a way that's financially removing the burden off their own shoulders. So if you have the opportunity, go to scarsandstripescoffee.com and buy coffee from a veteran today. Support our nation's heroes in a way that's supports them hey welcome back i spent this 
very long period of time where that was my focus. That was my drive. That was my goal was to get more rooted and get more connected, you know, like, you know, and not to be like just sitting around going, well, the Bible says, and then do it. Um, because I know it's, it's easy to read it. It's easy to know what it says, but then to actually apply it to our lives is, is, is pretty difficult. I think that the, there's two other things I want to touch on. And this is one of them is that we get stuck or three things, but we get stuck in the whole thought process of through Christ. I can, all, all things are possible. You know what I mean? Like we can do anything through Christ, right? Well, it's true, but it doesn't mean that just because we believe in God, that everything's going to go good for us. It doesn't mean just because we have a relationship with our savior, you know, as, as part of that religious or that faith structure, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles. It just means you can do it. I think that's the, the biggest, one of the bigger areas where we struggle with, in that system is that, you know, the Bible says I can do it. Well, you know, Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, that's true, but that doesn't, that's not a default. You still have to get up and go do it. That's the thing. It doesn't mean he's doing it for you. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, it doesn't mean that God's doing it for you. You have to get up and do something. And that's where the beauty of a warrior's garden comes in. Because I think that if we take the mentality of through Christ, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if we have that thought process and then we get up and act on it, you can't just sit there and have the thought process. You have to actually get up and act on it. You have to do something about it. That I mean, that's just what it is. You have to get up and actually go and do something with it. You can't just sit there and go, well, you know, I'm a Christian, and so this is going to work out. Well, that's not how it works, man. It's not how it works. So that's the one thing. The, the other thing is I think that we take, and this is just my little bit of a theology here, is that we, we take the Lord's Prayer that was given in the New Testament and we take it and we utilize it the wrong way. You know, the, the disciples came to, to Jesus in the New Testament and they're like, you know, hey, you know, rabbi, which means teacher, teach us to pray. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours forever and ever. Amen. We weren't supposed to recite that over and over and over and over like drones. It's a roadmap. Pray like this. Basically, pray in this order. Our Father who art in heaven, acknowledge who you're talking to like you would in any conversation. Hallowed be thy name. Acknowledge the fact that he's holy. He wants that. And, you know, he's the one in charge. So it is what it is. You know, read that and just go through it. You know what I mean? Acknowledge him. Acknowledge his power. Acknowledge his kingdom. Acknowledge what it is. Acknowledge that it's his will that we are asking to be fulfilled and not our needs or our wants. And so just, but again, I, I think that that, that that passage has been misused. And I think that, me, I know that for me, when I had that realization and then I started to pray in that format instead of praying those words, and I just used it as a format, as a guide, that it became a deeper prayer walk, deeper prayer life for me. And I spent more time rooted in that prayer and I spent more time in that conversation because it was actually, it felt more conversational and less repetitive, which we're warned of in the Bible. We're warned of ritualism in the new testament and so that's i mean it is what it is but it's it's a very deeper understanding of who i was talking to and why i was talking to them that made that make more sense the next thing i want to touch on is that we get really there well there's two last things i apologize I, I, i'm like a baptist preacher it's like i got 20 minutes i got three things to talk about and then, you know four hours later and so the next thing i want to touch on is that the whole judge people are like don't judge me you can't judge me you haven't walked in my shoes okay well first of all shut up especially if you're a believer shut up we're called to judge each other's actions. 
It's for God to judge our hearts and our intent, but it's for us to hold each other accountable to the systems that we say we believe. So as a Christian, if you tell me you're a Christian and then you do something that's not Christian-like, I'm going to call you on it. I'm supposed to, and I would expect the same from you. So to sit there and go, don't judge me, get over yourself, okay? Because you're supposed to be. You're getting judged. You judge someone every day. You make judgments all the time. Life and death decisions. You make judgments every single day about people, about things. Stop saying, don't judge me. Like I say it as a joke. Like, Man, don't judge me. But, you know, it's to sit there and go, you know, only God can judge me. No, bullcrap. He actually commanded us to judge each other. He told us to judge each other, to hold each other accountable. That's our jobs as believers. And if you're a believer in your faith system, especially as a Christian, that's the way you're supposed to be doing it. So stop saying that only God can judge me. Yeah, bullcrap. I'm going to judge you all I want. You can't stop it. It's whether you allow that judgment to affect you that matters. Did you catch that right there, though? It's whether or not you allow the judgment that's placed upon you to matter. Because if it ticks you off, then that judgment matters to you and you need to do something about it. Not complain and whine because you were judged, but you need to actually just do something to change what it is about you that you're being judged for. And stop taking it personal. It's the, it's the intent is to make you a better person. So it's not about bashing on you. It's about making you better. And if you're not intending to make yourself better, well, then you're done anyway. The really the big thing at this point is just, you know, my intent of this episode is really about, are you using this to make yourself better? If you have a faith system of any kind, are you using it to improve the way that you are and who you are? Because if you're not, then I would argue that you don't really have a faith system. But that's just me. So thanks for listening to a Warriors Garden podcast. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for being a part of the Warriors Garden podcast. We'll catch you next week. God bless, strength, and honor.